Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another fantastic edition of the amazing podcast for LGBT plus advancing from Media Village. I am incredibly grateful and very, very lucky to be in a wonderful moment of company with someone that y'all are going to be very lucky to get to know. I am already very lucky to know. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you're up to. Thank you, Chris. So oh, what a welcome. Uh, my name is Lau and I am working uh, with uh, career management and coaching and a strong advocate for uh, pushing our community to drive more diversity and inclusion in workspace um, and also elevating diverse talent uh, to create a more diverse talent pool for companies and so to create better uh, societies, better companies. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. I love it. We hear some accent. Where are you from? I'm from Denmark, but uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I always tell myself my, my accent isn't very strong, but my boyfriend tells me something else. But uh, I'm, uh, I'm from Denmark, lived in London, now kind of trying out my new digital nomad uh, lifestyle since I'm only working digitally. So I'm trying out some uh, different setups. So it's quite exciting. It is exciting. I think accents always depend. We never hear our own, but everybody no. else always does wherever you are. That's true. Probably uh, every time I hear my own, I'm thinking, oh God. But um, you know, I think most people do that. I know it's, it's sort of like, I'm going to date myself here, but hearing your voice on your own answering machine. Yeah, true. <laughs> Though I, I guess we've, we've upgraded that now we hear our own voices in a podcast, which is so much longer than an answering machine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but probably also better sound than the good old, uh, you know, answering machines. Absolutely. You mentioned that you work and you've worked with a lot of companies. Can you tell us some of those companies? Is it any place we've ever heard of? Uh, yeah, so actually my I had this long corporate career, uh, really, where I worked as a brand manager, so working with marketing, and I've worked across, you know, I think most people know uh, GlaxoSmithKline or Nivea or Colgate, so those are, you know, three of the big companies I work with, uh, but then about three years, two and a half years ago, I was kind of at a crossroad in, in my career and, and I was starting to think that I was, you know, something was missing. And, and to be honest, what was really missing was my authentic self in my work. Uh, and I decided to do a career change. So I uh, took a big leap of faith and uh, uh, hope uh, uh, connecting with my authenticity and, and passions instead would lead me somewhere and, and you know, a little longer down the road, thankfully it did. Uh, but uh, yeah, it meant that I trained as a, as a coach and uh, now I'm working with coaching, both coaching candidates and big corporations uh, in kind of all levels. Uh, but uh, you know, a big passion project of mine is that I have just created a new uh, career program for LGBTQ plus youth called uh, Right Track. Uh, and we just finished the first pilot of it. And uh, yeah, it's just been such a fantastic journey, um, seeing that you create something really out of your own passion and heart, and then seeing it actually come to life and, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, have some really, really great outcomes from it. So yeah, that's been, uh, been quite a journey. And, and it's, I, I feel like I'm growing by the day. So uh, still, still learning. 
Wow. That's a lot going on in some big name companies yeah. you've worked with. How yeah. has it changed over the years from when you started working there and what they kind of looked at in, in media and in, in presence and marketing to where we are now? I think one of the big things, if we look at how we were, how we were kind of going to job, you know, what was our profession, you know, what was our persona when we went to, to work, you know, I think when I started, of course, many years ago, uh, up until now, there's just been a change from when we started, we were, it was kind of the, the idea that you became the company man or company woman or whatever. Well, at that time, that was kind of the two choices, right? But as we then have, you know, if things have progressed, um, I think there's been, and especially in the last uh, two years, there has been such a move towards wanting to see uh, or, or talent and, and employees are expecting to be able to bring more of their own personality to work. And they're actually expecting the, the companies to be able to welcome that a lot more. Um, a really good image of that, I think, is uh, a few years ago when I was working with people in career transition, I, uh, we, we were always, when I, I was teaching webinars about how to make an effective LinkedIn profile and you know, increase your job search and uh, you know, the success rate of that and so on. And one of the things that we always focused a lot about was the image. We, we, we always kind of promoted, you need to have a professional image. At that time, it was very much like, oh, you should wear a shirt or a tie. And, you know, of course, kind of, you know, understanding your category you worked in, but it was very much, you know, you need to bring that on. And I think that's such a shift, especially now after people have worked from home and been sitting in their hoodies for a good year and a half, you know, it almost feels odd going back into work wearing a suit. It's like, but you've just been, I've just been talking to you in a hoodie for the last year and a half. Why are you now wearing a suit? It seems a bit phony, right? But there's such a symbol behind wearing a suit, I think, you know, because that is really, a suit is kind of intended to strip away our personality. We're intended to just look, it's called, it's a uniform, you know, we're all looking the same. So, you know, no one stands out. We're all following kind of the company, you know, uh, objectives or, or, or visions of how we're supposed, we're becoming the company man, so to speak. And I think that's really changed now. Now there's a wish to kind of, we want to see more personality at work coming into suits. Oh, there are industries where it's still kind of expected that you do that for, for various reasons. But I'm definitely seeing a lot more drive towards wanting to, both for employees, wanting to be able to bring their personality into work and also for companies increasingly now starting to welcome that and seeing diversity as a, a benefit to the company rather than something you know, that was difficult to manage or, or, or would stick out and just make trouble you know, for, for running the company's strategy. Uh, I think a lot more now the, the companies, the, the employees are, are kind of, you know, showing the, the colorful width of the company and they're letting their employees kind of help display that. Is it benefiting or detrimental to companies if people start showing more of who they are? Well, if we look at, so if you read the McKinsey report on diversity and inclusion that they've been conducting, I think for the last six years at least, 
um, they've just built increasingly uh, evidence behind, you know, really data-driven evidence that shows that um, companies that manage to solve the inclusion, the diversity and inclusion uh, have a much higher profit rate uh, than the companies that don't. So, so if not for just the pure humane uh, argumentation of why people should be able to be who they are and express themselves also at work, where we spend a considerable amount of time, um, there's also actual financial benefits behind it as well. So, you know, companies that really understand it, an important part of, of, of all this kind of research that's been here is that diversity can, is a quite shallow kind of task to, to solve. You know, you figure out, you need to figure out how to make yourself attractive to diverse talent, of course, but otherwise it's kind of going out and hiring and say, okay, we need, you know, uh, you know one of each kind of, and, and, and get those hired in. But the big problem comes when companies have to solve inclusion, because this is really where authenticity comes into play. And there are a lot of examples of companies that are being really good at recruiting a diverse talent. But then once they get in, the diverse talent doesn't really feel that they connect to the company anymore. So they're kind of coming in and then they're like, wait, I thought this was like, they were really championing diversity, but I don't see it when I'm in, inside the company. And, and what happens then is that then, you know, slowly uh, those diverse talent will, will slip away again, simply because they don't identify themselves with the company and it doesn't feel authentic. Uh, so inclusion is, is, is just an absolute cru crucial part if, if companies want to truly benefit from um, bringing in a diverse uh, talent, uh, group of talents to the company. It makes me think about, gosh, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, and I was always really vocal about inclusion and the importance of being in an equitable space and being told by a lot of coaches at the time in the professionals at colleges, you can't talk about that. You can't, it was when social media was also new and they were saying, you have to take that down because if companies see that you're talking about diversity and equity and inclusion, there's a lot of companies that won't hire you. And at yeah. the time I said, well, forget those companies. I don't want to work for them then. And mm. everybody rolled their eyes because I, they thought I was, you know, some silly kid who didn't understand. And mm. now we are in a world where sometimes there are questions or you have to, in some industries, provide a diversity statement when yes. you apply. And now we're sitting here for Media Village talking to a real coach who's telling us not only should we not hide it, we should celebrate and embrace it. Yes. And I think this is really the key thing and that, that makes me so encouraged about the future of that. There we used to be, there used to be a tendency of, you know, oh, we have all well, those of us who are part of some kind of minority or, and, and therefore was having the, the diversity either on the inside or on the outside, we were all kind of trying to downplay it because, uh, you know, we want to fit in, you know, how does this diversity fit in that uniform I'm supposed to wear to work, right? Uh, this is not part of that overall company value because they were not described in the company value at that time. And I think 
what I'm trying to teach everyone, and which I also taught in the Right Track program to these young LGBTQ+, is, you know, be proud of your diversity, because your diversity truly is an asset to this company. There are both humane and financial evidence that shows that if they solve this, if they can actually retain um, a diverse talent group at the company, they will benefit from it. Um, on so many parameters. So it's about actually bringing it out and even daring bring it out in interview sessions as well. I remember when I worked for Colgate, a company that I've seen really uh, done a lot on, on the diversity and inclusion, uh, as many other companies have, it's not to single them out, but I remember my uh, old GM when I was in the recruitment uh, phase uh, for, for going uh, being hired at there. And I remember that, you know, he was kind of straight out of the bag. And then it was like, you know, he just asked me like, so do you have a boyfriend or what's going on? And I was a little bit like <clears throat> froze at that time, you know, because as many other in the LGBTQ plus community are feeling is that they kind of like, oh, let's not bring that to work it's you know way too in your face and you know and it was just such a relief actually for me to just speak just yeah i have a boyfriend and you know tell him about him and we talked about that and it was just but it's you know it's funny it's that little step in a way that you just you just have that moment of freeze and then you're like okay i'm just gonna own it right and the unfortunate thing is that I, I know several who are still not out at work. I think we, it's about one third of people who are not out at work. And, and interestingly enough, we all think that it doesn't matter until we actually come out. You know, it's, we don't know what we don't know. And that's the unfortunate part in some ways, because it does matter. You connect much better with your colleagues because everyone else is sitting there telling about what they've been doing in the weekend with their family or boyfriend or whatever, or what club they've been going to. And we unintentionally just keep quiet or, or you know, kind of get around the question without mentioning any details. And that matters for connectivity. It matters for our inclusion. You, however we like it, we are not feeling inclusive uh, included in that company in those moments. So it kind of goes both ways. We also have to dare to bring in our personality a bit more, but the companies really have to open the door for that. So when we see where we started and how far we've come already, where do you think we're heading next with this whole idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, I read something, an interesting report uh, about, you know, tomorrow's talent and, and you know, how they perceive themselves is, is a lot on tomorrow's talent really perceive themselves as they are borrowing their skills to the company for a limited time, as long as they feel that they connect with that company or that project, right? So they're not interested in becoming the company. Uh, and that's an interesting change. And that requires something different from the companies. I think as we move forward, companies really have to start embracing and celebrating and really daring to like authentically own inclusion at their work. 
as we become more confident in celebrating our diversity, we have to kind of get everyone behind and, and, and join it, right? And it's little things because there was a, I've watched a, uh, some really uh, interesting um, webinars by a woman called uh, uh, Werner Myers um, and uh, talking about uh, unconscious bias and so forth. And, and there's an interesting thing about the way we, the lens that we view the world through. Uh, and the biggest challenge for a lot of companies is to kind of adjust their lens uh, because we all, we view the world through the background and experiences we have. But if we truly want to understand diversity and inclusion, we have actively to, to search, to look, to understand. I, I think you're, you're a great example of that. You know, you're spending a lot of time to listen, to learn, to really get yourself into the subject uh, of, and, and trying to, to have a better understanding of it because we can't just expect that we know. Um, it, it even goes for me as well. I'm, I'm no expert in, in uh, racial minorities um, from where I live, right? So, so I have to actively try to understand that and, and, and try to get you know, an open dialogue of asking where I can ask and, and create a space where it's okay for me to ask as well. I think that's some of the company's challenges for this. There, there are little things, if you come from a binary, if you're viewing the world through a binary lens, you're never gonna think about what it matters that you have non-gender uh, toilets, for instance. Going to the toilet is a huge uh, issue for transgender people and people who doesn't really feel they fit into the, the binary uh, kind of segregation or separations, right? So it's so important that we kind of try and understand that. I never knew that toilets, toilet visits was such a big topic for transgender people. So if you have male and female toilets in a work office, it can make them very uncomfortable. And that again, influenced their level of inclusion uh, which ultimately could lead them to look for a place where they feel more welcome and more understood. And you risk maybe losing a really, really good time on that. I mean, I think you, you make a lot of sense. And I, I love the point that even if somebody is well-versed in one type of awareness of inclusion, it doesn't mean we don't all have other areas that we don't know so well. And no. the more that we learn, the more we're willing to let ourselves be uncomfortable in not knowing, the yeah. better our opportunities really are. And I think when we start to also look into where we're missing in the areas we think we know, there's so much opportunity there too. I'm, gosh, probably 30 years into this specific LGBT plus work, and I subspecialize in the transgender community. But I recently learned within the past few months that in the US, looking specifically at black transgender women, mm. the life expectancy of a black transgender woman in today, 2021, mm. is 21 years old. Yeah. 21. Yeah. And I think for as much as we so often in the world see these conversations as political, and we think about what we show ourselves as in the media, what the companies present in the media, 
who might we alienate? What money might we lose? And we look at that. I think what you said makes a lot of sense that if we have potential employees who are afraid to go to the bathroom when mm. they're at work, what mm. talent are we missing when they yeah. don't take the jobs? What talent are we missing when they can't focus in the work because all day is being spent getting mm. more and more dehydrated because drinking water might mean a bathroom break. And if you can't go to the bathroom, Mm. and you can't focus on your work, what's happening here? Mm. There's just so much opportunity for all of us to keep growing. Yeah, absolutely. And I might add also to this that as companies are increasing their focus on hiring more diverse talent, it's really crucial that companies also get engaged in the whole cycle of developing talent because it's if you look at life expectancy of black trans women, or if you look at the life expectancy on, uh, or, or, or if just in the LGBT community, overrepresented on a lot of you know like drug abuse, uh, sexual abuse, and sexual addiction, uh, and, and a lot of other parameters. It's not just because we don't know how to. It's because of the, some of the societal constructs are pushing us in, in those kind of lanes in work. Um, and it's not so that uh, because we struggled finding uh, transgender talent uh, or enough transgender talent, it's not so that transgender are not talented, but it means the transgenders might not have the same opportunities. We're not, we are not keeping them safe enough uh, to actually get to that graduation day so they can become, so they fully can, you know, unlock their potential. Um, and we need to look beyond that or before the graduation day. Um, as an example, uh, my experience from the, the right track uh, pilot that we just finished was that all of these candidates were in danger of not finishing the university because of the situation they were put in. Um, so, these, this cohort for, for, for this first pilot were all uh, sourced from uh, young LGBTQ uh, coming out under difficult circumstances. So it's kind of those who are in the most peril, uh, so to speak, at that time. And right when that happens, it's usually around the same time where a lot of important career decisions are made decisions about your university and, and, and so on. And as an example, I had one uh, who was uh, top of his class in, in, at university um, and had, uh, was right now working in an iPhone repair shop because he couldn't finish university because he was being estranged from his family and his whole situation, right? So we need to have an interest in what is going on before graduation day as well, because we are losing some talent that never actually get to finish because of their situation and not because of their lack of talent. I mean, I, I think that's maybe our biggest takeaway in our conversation today is how much talent already exists in the world and is you know, sort of ripe for the picking if only we're willing to look up and look in directions we didn't realize. And yeah allow them to take advantage of opportunity and allow ourselves to take advantage of their brilliance that are just so often getting missed and left behind. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, it was really, it was, it was really uh, quite hard, disheartening to, to, to see because this was just a small, I was just taking a small, you know, 
a little fraction of, of, of those who are out there, you know, and I was, you know, and thinking about, oh, you know, God, if, if, you know, four out of five in this group was in this situation, you know, what if we dig deeper? How many talents are we actually losing in this process? So we need to create a better society where we're more inclusive and, and welcome uh, also at an earlier stage, not just when they get to work, uh, but we need to look at how we are actually cultivating the talent and making sure they get to graduation day. Well, I think that is a great place for us to end our podcast for the day at, at looking at how we can nurture tomorrow's talent and what we can be doing for today's talent. And one of those great ways to do that is to keep having these conversations and yeah. to keep connecting with one another and talking about what do we know? And also, what are we still learning? I think the more we're willing to share, here's what I didn't know, here's what I'm working on learning, the more we make it safe for other people to share what it is that they're learning. And as we continue to grow, I think we are in a world in a lot of ways dependent and certainly grateful for your new program that's going on and coming up and, and raising our future generations and the media and the world will definitely benefit from it. So on that note, this has been another podcast with Dr. Chris for Media Village and LGBT Plus Advancing. And we are very, very lucky. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It was really a pleasure. And you know, I'm, I can't wait to hear what more you have in store. I can't wait to hear how our listeners can take what you've taught us and put that into their own hearts and their own minds and their own businesses and out into the media.